everyone. It's Tom here, back with another edition of Alf Metallica. I hope this podcast finds you well. If you're not familiar, we are going through every single song that Metallica have ever done in alphabetical order. I mean, we've kind of already done that. So we, we did originally achieve that feat a few years ago. But, uh, you know, Metallica, the, the, the endless creative engines that they are, have produced another album, 72 Seasons. And we are, we are nearing the end. We are on track nine of 12. And I just want to give a huge shout out to all the people that have been on the podcast, you know, on the 72 Seasons seasons. I can't remember you because unfortunately TikTok has eroded my short-term memory, but those were great episodes. Episodes. And, you know, in particular, Brad B on Lux Eterna. Uh, that's one that I want to shout out. But, you know, what's important is the episode today. And just before we get to that, uh, of course, you can get in touch with MetallicaPodGmail.com. You can email me if you want to come on the show there. You can follow us at MetallicaPod. Uh, we're on Patreon. We're always an episode ahead on there if you want to support over there and get access to that sort of stuff. As I mentioned before as well, I am looking for people to join me on a uh, an expedition into Kirk Hammett's Portals EP. So I'm going to be exploring that after 72 seasons and then we're going to get into the blacklist so if you want to hop on for any of those adventures get in touch with me metallicabodygmail.com or on spotify leave an itunes review all that sort of stuff but my guest today is a very interesting guest because you know i am fascinated this is such a kind of inside baseball podcast thing but i love discovering podcasts that haven't uploaded in a while you know their last episode has been there for a couple of years and anyone that has a podcast knows your most two downloaded episodes are your first episode where people try and get in touch with you where i will say my two by four episode is terrible do not listen to that i i i know i speak fast now but i speak incredibly fast on that episode i can't i like i really feel like i was on something but i definitely know i wasn't but um you know so so, so that episode exists there you know getting into load but the other episode that is most downloaded is your most recent episode naturally because you know that just kind of gets automatically downloaded whatever and we had a big break after i finished the initial run of our patalica as i mentioned and the last episode that i had i'm glad that this was kind of the note i ended on this was kind of like my uh you know my, my little sort of uh i don't know flourish to, to, to the abyss there but it was myself and you, Jersey, and, you know, you're a pun champion, and it felt right that we were exploring Metallica and wordplay. I am so glad that it was a very downloaded episode. I'm it was. slightly offended that you don't think it's the merits of the episode that rose it to the top of the charts, right. but only its position in the release order. <laughs> but I had a blast uh, discussing yeah. it with you, and not only did we discuss Metallica and wordplay, but as I re-listened to it uh, recently, it was really my coming back to the band as a mm. lapsed a fan during the pandemic thanks to this podcast so yes it was quite um the re-listen for me was uh, uh weird to listen to something from that time you know just a few years ago but we had all that time in the world to do to relook at and re-listen to music and watch videos and i caught up on 20 years of metallica history mm. and then we spent we spent almost three hours talking about it which you edited it down into a slim 90 minute podcast episode and yeah I had a blast, and I'm so thrilled to be back for a traditional episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it is it is funny how how that comes about. Where people may recall that I used to do this pun game show podcast called Pun It, a lot of fun with 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 some of my friends and and other people that we had on. And Clint Wells was on it, the the famed MUYP legend. He was on there as well with a few of my old pals. And I, you know, I was looking for people to get on the show, and I think we got in contact that way or whatever but you know i i i don't, I don't want to bury the lead here jersey i believe you're one of the world's foremost punsters i know it's metallica chat today but i yeah. just feel like i have to get this out of the way as a wordplay head i my i, I emailed you tom i right, reached out to right. you because i found the show and i basically emailed you <laughs> in so many words saying 
you should have me on. It would, you'd be foolish not to have me on this show. Um, and I was just looking for stuff to do. Yeah, yeah, of course. During that time. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I came on a couple episodes mm-hmm. and had some good puns. And oh, it, was uh, great. it was a blast to to go through all that with, with doing some wordplay with, with you and, and your other guests. And then finding that you had a Metallica show, that's what got me back into the band. And then we we, we dissected the Metallica wordplay and puns over their career in that other episode. It was a yeah, blast. Yeah, and And, you know, that brings us to today. So yes, it has, does. Has, has that kind of fascination has that first continued like 72 seasons couldn't you wait you know for the release how were you with it okay so uh, okay i i don't i'm i i don't want to be a downer here tom sure. but uh <laughs> that's kind of my know. specialty so it's all good okay well i am not as much of a kirk hater as you are right, uh, right. so i I'll, I'll defend kirk uh okay. at least somehow uh, on this show <laughs> um which he has a writing credit on this song which i think is great yeah. um or bad or bad depending but uh I this was for me the first Metallica album that I was like looking forward to the release of mm. since Saint Anger, right? Because basically all the all the stuff I don't want to rehash the whole thing, yeah. but a lot of stuff happened in the nineties, early two thousands. Mm-hmm. Napster recovery, blah cigars, blah, cigars, yeah, cigars, a right? A lot of uh, mechanic shirts and and, and car themed uh, stuff happened. <laughs> a lot of hot rods, a lot of hot rodding, yeah. yeah. And the, and so I was kind of like, all right, I'm done. I listened to Saint <laughs> Anger, and you know, I and then I didn't give Death Bag and Neck a fair listen. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, Unforgiven three, whatever. And and I did not even know that Hardwired had come out. Mm-hmm. You know, before I started going back over the band's catalog. So went and. For all of the digital footprint that we have out there, none of the uh, algorithms pegged me as a Metallica fan. Yeah. So any of that stuff around Hardwired or, you know, it just didn't get pushed to me. So I completely missed its existence um, and then discovered it during the pandemic. So I was ready for 72 seasons to come out. And I have to say, like, overall, um, I'm, I'm with, you know, I'm with those fans that like saw the band on Stranger Things and this is their first new Metallica <laughs> album. So I had a lot of anticipation. I'm old and young at the same time with mm-hmm. it. And I'm pretty disappointed in the record as a yeah. whole, you know, it's, it feels a little bit cobbled together, a little bit of a rehash. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a big picture guy, so I, I like kind of thinking about where the band are in their career mm. and, you know, is this the last Metallica record and what do they have left to give? You know, that's has something to say but also i think there's a lot worth discussing on the album and around the album and in this song in particular so i'm back and my my hunger my thirst for the band has continued but that thirst drives me back to some of the older stuff um of course and and hardwired and i've given uh, a fairer re-listen to death magnetic which i absolutely dismissed at the time as sort of a trying to reclaim past glory and there's some fantastic stuff oh my god death magnetic but i still don't hold it i think in as high esteem as others do in this sort of later uh post saint anger catalog but um it's a little early to say because it's only been a few months but i think 72 seasons is by all standards for me the the weakest of the three kind of later era metallica records Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i think so i feel like the sort of the hardwired sound and aesthetic and kind of compositional nous, even though the riffs weren't particularly electrifying in the most no. case, I feel like the sort of the, the, the hardwired brand, if you will, of songwriting is a little more interesting than 72 seasons. Not by much for me, but yeah, I do agree. I don't think the record is that successful overall. I think that most of the songs have consistent flaws in them, which are exhibited in If Darkness Had a Son. But let's just talk, let's just talk a little big picture here. So yeah. 12 songs on 72 Seasons, 
if Darkness Out of Sun, is that in the top half? Is that in the top six for you? No, I no, mean, it's okay. hard for me to rank them because a lot of them blend together oh, sonically. Yeah. Um, I think the album starts amazingly and Love not just song. the titular yeah. track, but also the opening to the titular track got me really pumped. And maybe that's why the experience of the long listen was such a massive disappointment. Because <laughs> I have not that, listened to this record in one sitting. I will say yeah, that. I don't think I could. It's a long one. And <laughs> there are some long songs, including the longest song ever, right? Um, in Amorata. Yeah. yeah. Where oh. mi- misery, James, don't use that word please i'm begging you stop using that word listen okay talking about james and and lyrics and words that should be banned i mean i think it's time for us as a collective group of metallica fans to say you are barred from using any word that ends in asian on the next album (laughs) i mean propagation i was like that was a reach for me anything with that suffix i think you're banned you know and this this album or this song rather this album as a whole but this song really does that well, he, he says it, unforgiving in this song as well i mean he says unforgiving messaging but again it's like come on that is like the het lexicon there you can't keep dipping into that he's really know. going back to the well as much as hammett is too you know <sighs> james has a little bit more creative freedom to do whatever the hell he wants and it's like man it worked once in blackened and you've just been doing it for 30 years just finding those like 50 cent words that rhyme with each other naturally naturally but i mean the <laughs> the let's get into the song itself yes and I really feel, Jersey, that the the intro, let's say the first minute, um, it's pretty it's pretty unacceptable to me, really. Like, I love a chug as much as the next guy. Yeah. You know, that open E. We're all metalheads, right? Who doesn't love an open E yeah. being chugged? But it's just, I don't know, it's so predictable. And it's just this gasp of, of chords here. And, and Kirk's kind of got this arched thing over the top. And, you know, I can see Robert's face scrunched, head banging along. I can see mm-hmm. Lars his tongue out spitting some foreign liquid into some snake pit. But I feel nothing. I really feel nothing when I listen to it. I just think it's so stock. And it resolves into quite a standard sort of justice. And it's just, I don't know, it's so uniform. It really doesn't do anything for me. I Yeah, the the intro is... I, at this point, I think famously like, controversial or hated, and it sounds like it was written for a live show. Yes. It just yeah. sounds so kind of, hey, hey, hey. You just, right, yeah. yeah, you can hear James just doing the temptation mm-hmm. and kind of doing the hey, hey, hey. Um, and it feels like a plod to me Yes, rather than, you know, I love a slow throbbing mm. opener right um i mean that was just in, your life like, for example of death magnetic that does it brilliantly. yes but. exactly mm. um which I, again i i think it, i i didn't give a fair shake the no, first time it came out but give me give me those give me um oh you know give me the thing that should not be oh, or God. like you know the epicness of that yep. it, it just feels so hollow it feels so kind of manufactured to be the kind of thing that should be on an album that they should play live that will get the audience going but there's nothing behind it and it is really simplistic and it goes on for quite a long time although i will say i watched the video i mean the music video whatever right, but yeah. the live that because they did that like thing for amazon yes right? they did they did yeah amsterdam and, yeah in Amsterdam, right? And I liked, I like that the ver- the live version of this song. It's hard. I agree. I agree. I didn't like the song on record, but when you see, it's hard not to just love it when you see James playing it. It's hard not to yeah. just be like, oh, this is just great. I don't care what it sounds like. And yeah, it can win you over it. And then we go from that chug into the temptation section that you mentioned that a lot of people. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the Presidio sessions and that whole 
aspect of Saint Anger and the kind yes. of precursor. But obviously, there's, there's a song where James sings Temptation, and you know, the, again, he, this is a concept that that naturally he's he's drawn to, and yes. the themes of Seventy Two Seasons, etc. But but yeah, the Temptation thing again, it is very crowd ready, isn't it? It is kind of like oven ready for some Gothenburg like bold to just start barking it or whatever. <laughs> but um, I don't know. It does feel a bit shorn together for me. I agree. I feel like in the verse the way the riff sort of descends against the beast still shouts for what it's yearning. I just, there's, there's, again, there's nothing really like, I think, I don't know if you feel the same way, but like with music, it's just an odd thing where it's just, it's just sound. It's just noise, but it can really elicit something quite deep within you, you know? Yes. But this doesn't do that. This just feels like, wow, this is, you know, they've, they've, they've just put hair into some chat GPT thing and it's just, here we go. You know? Yeah. A lot of folks are saying that I think, cause everyone common, is saying yeah. that yeah. right now. It's a common but, thing to say about everything, isn't it, Jersey? It it's kind it of a does. cliche, isn't it? It sounds no, like no, AI, I, da, da, da. Yeah, it does. That's not, you know, that's not a mark against you. I think that's no, a mark no, against but, the song and the album, because if there's a, you know, if you can compare it to that, I think that means it's just not quite inspired or surprising or exciting. No. And that's what I was missing from this song musically, lyrically. What One thing, because you're much more of a musician than I am, mm. um, and uh, among your guests, I'm I'm maybe the least musically literate, but um, I know that Hammett has a uh, writing credit on this, which means the way that the band assigns writing credits that he wrote one of the riffs. I believe right? so. Yeah, yeah. So that's got to be. I mean, there's it's like very clear. There's very clearly like the Hetfieldy riff and then the Hammetty riff, mm. um, right? Yeah, I think so. The dental now, now, like that, yeah. that to me feels quite Hetfieldy. It feels quite justicey for me. I'd even I'd, the hammer. I'd, I'd find it hard to say what he wrote. I guess he might have wrote the bridge riff, the nenla, 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 which again isn't really a riff. It just kind of sounds like one of his solos, kind of pulling off or whatever. But, but no, no, no. yeah, I mean, it's again. Metallica are, you know, beyond <laughs> incredible. I don't need to tell you that. And we love James, and it's just beautiful to see him act on these sort of songs. But yeah. again, I just. It doesn't do anything for me. The chorus as well. I think part of the reason the chorus isn't worth me, Jersey, is I mentioned puns yeah. before. Uh-huh. It is a pun, right? If Darkness had a son. It, is there that sort of wink there? Oh, wow. You know, I have a lot of thoughts the on the lyrics of this one. Like... So, well, no, I I think it's oh, so... Right. Um, it's there. There's so many mixed metaphors in this <laughs> thing, are. lyrically. Like it, the, the, the family tree of this... POV character that is the son of darkness is very complicated and I wanted to do it later. But um, yeah, I didn't even think of the son son thing because um, there's, there's no other kind of lyric. No, it's always like the light dark dialectic is sort of explored throughout 72 seasons and you know, yeah, but again, it just, it hasn't, it hasn't got that kind of, you know, that emphemic sort of yearning. Like, in the same way that I will, I've said on podcasts, you know, I will sometimes be washing the dishes and go like, Luxitana! Like, you can't help yourself. Absolutely. It just kind of gets in your head, you know. Whereas I'm not really singing If Darkness Had a Son, I have to say, when I'm washing the car. Like, it just doesn't happen. Like You're not just chanting temptation to yourself. Temptation. I bathe in holy water, leave me be, is what I said to my partner recently. So yeah. <laughs> It's just such so many tropes that are like half-baked and mashed together, Sorrow musically and, and tomorrow. I'm like, James, you can't oh. do that. <laughs> okay, so, okay. All right, yeah, let's, go, let's do the lyrics. Yeah, let's do all right, okay. So um, I, I structure my lyrics in good and bad, and it's just sort of music, <laughs> lyrics, everything. Um, but here, I'll go. Okay, here's my first thing. I talked about the complicated family tree. Mm. Um. Okay, so hold on, let me pull up the full lyrics. But yeah. it, but if darkness had a son, first of all, like that is a stoned, 
17 year old like it's so <laughs> yeah yeah if something that cannot procreate and is essentially the absence of something could give birth then yeah it's just tom i know it's later where you are than where i'm in new york you're right. you're in the uk right so turn off all the lights where you are okay it's so dark in there right now isn't that scary now imagine if that had a son bro that would be crazy oh like, my god what are we even temptation about? is this guy's father as well like okay yeah, so oh if temptation is the father that mm. makes darkness of the mother interesting it does right? yep genetically so that's mm -hmm. what that or is temptation also darkness meaning like the dark lord satan who is the great tempter uh, because we talk about like trees and stuff mm -hmm. right salvation um or i don't even know if salvation comes up in this song but it has asian in it so i'm assuming it does <laughs> it's domination and infiltration are definitely infiltration there. right yeah. oh boy so okay so th so that's the first thing mm. is like who who what's the family the tree is, of yeah, yeah fraud yeah Right. Um, and then also, of course, we have one of my favorite things that is maybe wearing thin in this album is like re references to other songs. Yeah. But like unforgiven misbehaving. So it's like <laughs> the idea of like this little again, there's a very child focused mm -hmm. imagery mm -hmm. to the album art. And I have a whole theory about this uh, that I'll share with you later. But like mm. this whole child imagery and the idea like, OK, this is this pr progeny of dark or the dark lord or darkness, but is also like unforgiven misbehaving uh, you know the another anthem about a child but like one that's being bad one that's mm -hmm. like misbehaving i just think that's pretty funny mm -hmm. it's it's like it enters the unforgiven cinematic universe this is like a <laughs> there is not an mcu like, there is an mcu the metallica like <laughs> ucu yeah so it's like it's not an unforgiven song but it's like unforgiven adjacent you it's, know it's like yeah. this guy would hang out with unforgiven boy um and Okay, I was trying to guess, right, when Temptation starts, um, I, the first listen of the song, I thought, mm -hmm. okay, what is the Asian word that James will rhyme with it? And then we just get Temptation, 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 Temptation over and over again, mm -hmm. which is sort of a, a fake out, right? Because I thought, okay, Is that well, anaphora? Is that the poetic term that people use? Like, oh, for co continually repeating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that's that's something, you know, different, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's repetition, it's... And then we just get an absolute stinker from him at the end, right? And it's that what's that the triad in the lyrics there as I pull them up. Um but holy moly. Yeah. Uh, Are you talking about the 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 heathen harvest or the Oh no, we get oh the night oh no, this is the second verse. Oh yes, uh, yeah. The nightmare yeah. search for infiltration in domination captivation. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So he had them in the chamber and then he lets them go. Um and it's, then obviously subjugated, manipulated, propagated. He, yeah, that is just, you know, um, 72 Seasons has that. Lux Eterna has that. Like so yeah. many, like a blackened domination. You know, it just well, that's kinda, the one. He like did it one time that works. Yeah, then, yeah. Oh, it's great in blackened. Yeah, yeah. Undeniably. But no, it just doesn't work. It, it just doesn't work. And then, you know, we have the second chorus into that sort of bridge riff that i mentioned before that comes in about the three minute three and a half minute mark really mundane barely noticeable metallica are you know real just landmark writers in the sense where they will just go from the second chorus you know into the solo with just an insane riff or a nice motion or a movement here there isn't really that then we get into Kirk's solo which again you know i have been ultra hard on kirk but i am learning jersey i'm learning that people love music of course but a lot of people don't really mine guitar solos that's where they allow bands to get away with things and just be lazy like how do, how do you feel about guitar solos in general and kirk as well 
Oh, I, I, I love the classic Metallica solos. I love the solos that he did on load and reload where he mm. kind of went wild and, you know, the, that, the that, solo that blues, bleeding baby. me. Oh, oh, bleeding me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great Oh song. yeah, man. That, that stuff's awesome. And, and I think that, um, I don't know, there's this whole lore about his lost phone, oh right? Oh my God. <laughs> and then, which is such a, like a, the dog ate my homework kind of excuse. Yeah. 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 But I, um, I do get a sense that like, listen, this is kind of a bigger picture thing about the band, but these guys are showing up to work, right? Mm. He is at work and he's punching his clock and punching his time card and showing up and doing what is asked of him. And he doesn't run the show. And I do, I was directed uh, via an online conversation about this topic to a clip from the sessions for Death Magnetic where Kirk brought in two options for a solo for one of the songs. Mm. And I forget which song it was, but he brought in one that was quite interesting and one that had more energy and was propulsive and pretty simplistic. And Lars and I believe um, Fiddleman, yeah. because that was uh, the Ruben, first Ruben, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, let's go with the one with more energy. Let's do this. I think he's kind of doing, he's doing what's asked of him in the band. And which is why I'm excited for your portals deep dive. Cause I feel like he's put, you know, a lot of his personal passion into other projects and into watching horror movies and surfing. and No, he's, 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 he's living his best life and I don't begrudge him anything. And you know, he, he, as you say, yeah, he has written some phenomenal legendary work on the fretboard. Like I always bring up the opening solo to fade to black. I think it's one of the most, spellbinding oh pieces of lead guitar playing i can think of like it's, it's, it's just, just it's timeless as fuck this however i just no. you know it's just for me yeah if you just want to bring the energy fine but it doesn't even do that in a convincing way it's very thrown together and there's just like there's fast bits and there's bends and there's crescendos and there's yeah. glides but there's not really anything and you know dear listeners listen back to the solo of this song and listen especially to the solo at the end of If Darkness Had a Son, just the final like three or four notes. It sounds really wimpy and pathetic. And most songs on 72 seasons, the solo ends and then maybe there'll be a little connecting riff. In this, yeah. it doesn't happen. The solo ends and Hetfield is like, literally, we need to just get the show back on the road here. We need to distract from that car crash. So I'm going to sing about return again to where it's darkest, dragging home this heathen harvest. And it's just, I don't know. I, I I just feel that if they just put this into the hands of any 20-year-old TikTok guitarist, they give it a fair bash. But Kurt doesn't even seem to try here. He just sort of just wheels out, whatever. Now, but I just, I can't be harder on Kirk than I am on any other member of the band. No. Because Hetfield, I feel like, is doing the same thing. Sure. Even that verse you just mentioned, Return Again to Where It's Darkest, Dragging Home. He's never been, you know, he's not Walt Whitman or no, something. No, he's not Emily but... Dickinson, is he? Like, no, you know? yeah. But, but like... Okay, again, so this this child of darkness has been harvesting souls and going home to where it's darkness, darkest, but darkness is the father, so I guess it would be dark at your home. But also <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's dim, uh, yeah. like a hypothetical uh, scenario because it's if darkness had a son, but all of a sudden mm. there's all this lore. Anyway, I think that um, one thing this song does well, at least kind of structurally, is it serves up an opportunity for a fucking kick-ass solo. and. It does. It, it really just sounds like a wet fart that just kind of ends. It's a real bummer because for all of its um, shortcomings, the the structure of the song feels like, okay, let's go Kirk. Like this is your time to shine and really let her rip. And it, it feels so uninspired. 
and I know you've mentioned it on other episodes with other guests, but that that quote that he had where he just sort of made some shit up and he's planning to make up the solos and improvise live yeah. during the live versions of these songs. I mean, maybe they'll be fantastic and one of them will stick or something, but it's... I just think Kirk. Yeah, Kirk is definitely lazy, but relative to the rest of the band, I just feel like they're all they're all lazy. They're they're kind of proving that they're still Metallica and taking the constituent parts of what made them great and mm -hmm. putting some serviceable workman like performances together, as you said, Tom, uh, many times. Uh, in, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. This album. And it's it's less than the sum of its parts uh, to, for me, for me. It just doesn't move me. But also, I'm not, you know, a teenager anymore. So I might feel have felt the same way about load if I was 15, 20 years older. Um, but it just doesn't seem to have any unifying principle or drive or the anger feels, you know, manufactured and, mm -hmm. and kind of wrote at this point. So so there's there's not a lot behind the the loudness. There's not a lot behind the instrumentation or the arrangements for me. No, no, I agree. There is a hollowness there yeah. that, that, that rings through. And, you know, the song warms up, as we said, it has a long intro before it gets into the main body. It really does, yeah. And then it warms down. And then, it, you know, it has another minute before it's really done when you have, like, the final chorus. And then it's just chugging and it's just more and more. And it's just, again, it's just... I think I really think every song other than Too Far Gone could have like two minutes chopped off, no problem. Like you know, I completely agree. And it's just yeah. like, and I, and I know it's like old man yells at cloud, whatever. But it's like, ultimately, you make the same complaints about films you watch or whatever, and it's like in this case it's not even integral to the plot it's just an you know a minute of them just slowing down until it ends it's like why is it here like the time changes here but also across the record going to halftime and stuff it really loses some of the propulsive exciting mm. momentum that those songs build and yeah again it's just really some of these songs just keep on going <laughs> it's I, I, I say every episode they should have made the album 72 minutes long that that would have been, would have been nice. perfect. They, yeah. know, they could have done that. Wink, wink. But um, what what was your unifying theory you were saying before okay. about childhood <laughs> and because because like so yeah. many people are reading into this album. That's what I do like about it. It's a proper yeah, Warshack. Yeah. Like, so I really thought there's some successful because I love a high concept thing. I love sort of uh, when James isn't himself in the point of view of mm. the right uh, of the song lyrically, conceptually. I love that. I love when an album kind of has a underlying concept i think justice that did that really well master puppets um load and reload musically kind of had an underlying concept sure. but what i love song to song is when james really kind of takes on like a persona right creeping death is from the point of view of the plague <laughs> you know it's like amazing so i was excited by the concept at least what i understood from like the art and what i was you know what i understood mm. 72 seasons okay divide that by four right oh it's 18 years old yeah so it's something about children or like i'm told that i'm grown up after i turn 18 but i feel still feel like a kid inside and i still have vulnerability and like metal songs about that a metallic album about that from these 60 year old guys about their like inner childhood where they miss the warmth of the cradle like well, that could have been amazing mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and there's some stuff in here about kids, obviously, if darkness had a son propagated. Um, but it seems like there are some conflicting things going on here because these are all old dudes with grown children. Right. So they got they made a lot of hay writing songs about their youth when they were young, writing about how they were treated as children when they were young men. And now they're kind of twice or thrice removed from it, talking about how we treat children as a society or also like 
things about maybe inspired by their own experiences of raising kids. And it just feels so far removed. But I think this was the a concept that got maybe jettisoned or isn't fully realized mm. is that these are all kind of fairy tale or fable based songs, oh. right? Some of the most successful high concept Metallica songs are based on the idea of like children's fables, obviously enter Sandman. Mm -hmm. You have some lesser ones in, in terms of like Wolf and man, et cetera, talking about lost youth, unforgiven. Right. So I think yeah. there was this drive to, the same way that Hardwired conceptually had this sort of um, our man versus machine thing, life versus death, sustaining life kind of thing uh, mm. through it, at least in the first half of the album. I was so excited for 72 seasons. And I think that there's a case to be made that these are diluted versions of songs that are based on children's stories, fables and myths and legends. Okay. Okay, it's it's slightly tenuous, respectfully, but I appreciate the effort. I really do. Well, I agree that it's slightly tenuous, but I I, I think that that's the point, right? I mean, that's yeah. the kind of there's some raw mm -hmm. materials of that in there that are, that don't that don't manifest. Um, but I would have loved to see some kind of album about that, about youth in some kind of meaningful, vulnerable way. What it means to be a parent of an adult child, what it means to still yearn for the comfort of youth as an aging person. But it, the, the content of the songs felt so it didn't live up to any, anything that the album art or the title, um, inspired for no. me. You know, just this kind of mashup of darkly sounding metal phrases as if generated by chat GPT. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Fresh GPT. Fresh GPT. Now, now I did ask chat GPT, <laughs> what would it sound like if James Hetfield of Metallica wrote a song about overcoming addiction using Alice's Adventures in Wonderland as a metaphor? Oh, my God. Wow. Which is a song I would love to hear. I, w I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm a giant Waits fan. You, did we speak about Tom Waits? Oh, I love Tom Waits. Yeah, we talked a lot about Tom Waits and yeah. we talked a lot about Bjork, Bjork. You know, other two kind of like, <laughs> that's my, a bunch of other bands I'm into, but that, yeah, I, that might yeah. disqualify well, me with your listeners. But. No, no. Well, I mean, they know I'm a Waits head, but obviously Waits did Alice, which is maybe the ultimate statement. And I'm pretty certain Hetfield likes Waits. I know that Jason Newstead mentioned Waits in So What? That makes sense. Um, their magazine he mentioned mule variations in like 99 or something he was listening to on tour which i always loved and i feel like het and would see a lot in weights especially his later era that he would appreciate that more sororal phase but so as always we head over to at metallica pod and we ask you the listeners just quickly in brief what you think of the song that we're discussing in this case if darkness had a son and we have a few replies here uh, we have Roger De La Cruz says, I love the song. It kind of gave me some of the Presidio sessions that I've always wanted, which yeah. we touched on before The Temptation. Ralph, Ralph Savetto, great friend of the show, Ralph says, Temptation. Wait, is this a callback to the Presidio? I mean, everyone's on the Presidio sessions, Jersey. Yeah. Everyone's obsessed with it. If it is, it's very much a success. The riff over the top of the chuggy bit is my favorite on 70, 72 at the moment. It's just so badass and menacing. Speaking of that, Het's vocals have a ton of bite in this one. Stellar tune, perfect live. And it's interesting we get a little reference to live there because this is one of the ones they have been playing live. Um, mm -hmm. I think they've played it seven times now. They recently played it in Donington just the other week. There's a, a video on the YouTube channel of them playing it in Paris, France. Yes. And 
as mentioned before, like it's clearly built, you know, to be belched out by some uh, some Bolivians, and it's working. Absolutely, they're they're playing it a lot. It was designed for that, and it it is great. It's better live. I mean, the the um, Amazon Music video and the other bootlegs that I've seen of it, it it works live. And when I see the band in August, I will chant temptation along with the other fans in <laughs> new course. york of course uh, oh sorry one final uh, one final thing on twitter as well brave yeah. brave stalica says <laughs> i already heard how you don't like the song so he is referring to i assume he is referring to when i was on metal your podcast with clint and i believe i refer because this obviously was an early single right and i think i said that before it ended on my first list i knew i hated it so it, <laughs> it was one of those ones but uh brave says Honestly, that boggles my mind. It sounds to me like it's straight out of Unjustice for All, a pummeling, crunchy riff that doesn't stop. That song is pure metal goodness, my favorite on the album. So it does have some fans, Jersey. Give me the, oh, here's, okay. Give me the plotting intro of Freight Ends of Sanity with the uh, Wizard of Oz chant to start over this. Yeah. A hundred times out of a hundred. Talk about something weird, conceptual, that just is now part of the canon. I just wanted them to take some kind of risks on this song and this album, and it all just feels very safely within the lanes. But every one of your Twitter followers sound, that you mentioned mm. here sounds seems like they loved it. So yeah. sorry to your listeners for just absolutely <laughs> no, they, they, rapping they, on this song. Yeah, I mean, you know, they know how it is. They know how it is over there. And uh, and, 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 and yeah, you've got to be honest, haven't you? And it, this isn't, for me, I don't feel any, like, Kin- like obviously i love music but i don't feel any like kinship to any band you know what i mean i don't feel like i have to like anything or not that i'm saying anyone they're not liking against their will but you know what i mean this feeling of like oh if i'm trashing it it's the, you know i'm torn into like it's not it, it this is for me is a, you know a soap opera i don't want to denigrate it in that way but it's like i'm always going to listen to every metallica i'm always going to follow it because i love all these guys and all the history and it's like you know whilst if darkness had a son didn't particularly set me a light it isn't in my you know, top of the record. Um, but I just want to ask a few final questions um, sure. because I, I can't quite remember if we got to it or not, but again, it was a long time ago. So anyway, this is your first proper traditional Aphrodite episode. So of course we yes. have to do a little bit of ceremony. So we ask all these same questions to all the guests that have been on the show. So first of all, what is your favorite Metallica song altogether, Jersey? I think uh, you and I are the same here with Creeping Death. Oh, I just, yeah. I love well, it. It's just such a fantastic <laughs> oh song. God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have other songs that come up often in the, the playlist for me. You know, um, I had a a battery phase oh, where yeah. I was just listening to battery all the time. But I just love Creeping Death. I just think it's perfect <sighs> metal song. I mean, the, the intro is one of the most exciting intros of all time. Like the build it's amazing. up. Into that riff, which is just insanely good. It's all about plagues. And, you know, it's all it's about a perfect Passover song yeah. for all of my Jewish friends. You know, it's it's a great. I always think of the Rugrats at Passover when I hear it now. I don't exactly. know why. I just I think of Chucky Finster just like crossing the. I can't, do they cross the Red Sea? It's been a long time since I saw that one. But um, they part it at least where there would have been yeah. some uh, some analog there in Baby World. But your, your favorite um, your favorite Metallica album. My favorite album, um, I, th- I think, has to be Puppets. Mm. You know, I, I'm a big lover of the kind of later uh, that middle period. But. Master Puppets is just such a fantastic collection of oh, songs. God. Eight minutes. Uh, sorry, eight songs across 54 minutes. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it is, it is just packs of quite the wallop. And what about a favorite member of the band? Uh, it feels like such a hipster answer to say Cliff Burton. Oh, um, <laughs> I love that answer. No, it's a great answer. But like, I mean, 
there was just something I mean, about James that initial... is a given, right? Let's just put James out the equation because, I mean, he's Papa Het. Yeah, Papa Het. No, and I think I said James. I did answer all these questions. I don't know if they're the same now as they were then. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, our current, the current lineup, uh, love the guys. They put out yeah. such amazing music. Um, but there, there was just something about Cliff, the way that he thought about music, the way that he had an influence in the band that none of the subsequent bassists have been able to kind of get their foot in the door in the same way, no. um, to have a voice. And uh, I, I just, you know, I just think what could have been, you know, oh, man, it's almost, I almost feel like he would have been the steer as well. Like yeah. over James and Lars almost, which is insane yeah. to think. And Dave Mustaine was in that band as well for a time. Yes, like, uh, famously, yes. Just, but just th- <laughs> those four geniuses, like I'm not using that word lightly, all of them in their own way. Yeah. Like yeah. respect to Kirk and that and Jason Newstead, but it's like, sure. you know, Lars and James and, and, and everyone else. So um, seeing them live, have you, have you seen them before? I know obviously you've seen them, but... I've seen them quite a few times oh, yeah. uh, in the nineties. And I, well, actually, no, I saw them four times, four years in a row Nice, because there was a year, right? Load, reload, S and M. Yeah. Yeah. Garage. Garage Inc. Yeah. All came out or not in that order Four successive years. There were four tours mm-hmm. and I saw them four times in a row, twice in one year in the year 2000 during those tours. And the last time I saw them was the year 2000 in Chicago during the infamous, um, James wants to be a mechanic, <laughs> right? Right. Era, sort yeah. of in the reload time, at when they did a mini tour of American like NASCAR tracks. So I saw them at the Chicago Motor Speedway <laughs> in 2000. That's the last time I saw the band. It's. Uh, I remember we did did an episode of the show quite a while ago, just a solo episode where I covered all the appearances of the members of the band on different people's records. Yeah. And I distinctly remember that Het was on a really good song by Government Mule. I don't know if you oh, ever heard sure. of them. Oh, sure. I know Government you Mule. Know Government I've seen Mule, them live yeah. multiple times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I only discovered them through this, but they're, they're a good band. I know they're quite big in America. And they're like a jam band. Yeah, band. yeah. They're like a sort yeah. of, they play the county fairs, which is like a weird thing that America has that England doesn't have that I'm like fascinated yeah. by. And I want to get a corn dog and shift. But um, they, they basically, he was on like a NASCAR compilation with Government Mule. And it's a <laughs> song called Driving Rain. And it's like Het talking about like clutches and shit. And it's great. Uh, oh but, wow, that might be a new tidbit. I don't think I know. Oh that, yeah, that yeah. Seek that out. See, out. I went quite deep on that episode. That was a really. Fun. I also covered oh, nice. Kirk's appearance on the Spawn soundtrack. In oh, that life. one I know very well. Yeah, yeah you know that yes. one. <laughs> but um, the, the 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 what I wanted to ask you as well. Yes. Another deep dive episode that I did was where I covered every band that has ever supported Metallica. And, Ooh. you know, I have a particular soft spot, even though I was born in 92, I have a major soft spot for like that late 90s butt rock, post grunge, pre new metal, you know, that kind of watch. Yes. So who supported during that era for you? Do you remember? Okay. Yeah, no, I remember every opening band. Oh my so God. the one in Chicago that was at the racetrack was a wild group of opening acts is actually yeah. an all day festival called rock fest Chicago. Mm. And I did pull up the whole lineup oh, in yes. case this came up. <laughs> so this is in order of billing from top down Metallica mm. kid rock. Okay. Stone temple pilots mm. sort of in their, uh, kind of down. Yeah. Down, yeah. In down, the, yeah. Before the, the, the second revival there, Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> I'm a big BNL fan. I've seen them live many times. So that is that is surprising to me. <laughs> I saw them live one time and it was in 2000. Uh, Veruca Salt. Do you yes, know that band? Yeah, Veruca course, Salt, yeah. yeah. Guster. I don't know Guster. <laughs> they were of that era, the sort of like, yeah, po- like post-grunge, a little bit lighter right. rock band. Um, 
Third Eye Blind. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, Tonic, below them. Tonic's another elusive one. I have to check them out. Oh yeah, they had a they had a moment. They had a moment of sort <laughs> of sure like did. very earnest, whiny post grunge nineties rock. Were they like, I saw were they them like gin blossoms? Did they have any of that energy? Yeah, they or? were kind of gin blossomsy, okay. but with a little less of a kind of uh, if road you could trip only feel. see was apparently their big song. Yeah, if you sing. could only see was <laughs> was, was a big one. Yeah, it's just like it was like the it was the the act that if you were the age I was during that time, you could bring your your girlfriend to see Tonic. In a way that, like, she would have liked that song too. They were like uh, with the Verve pipe yeah. or the Verve, you know, kind of that type of music. Okay, okay. Build below tonic was the tragically hip. Can you believe it? The legendary band, the tragically. Well, hip. it's it's so funny, yeah, because they they're obviously a giant Canadian band, but kind of unknown out of there. And they, have, yeah. I only know one of their songs, um, but I love it. End of a century. Yes, which I think oh, it's like one of their major songs. That is an insanely good song. That is beautiful. I didn't track. even know them at the time, so I, no. I think I missed them. And then below them, a band called Nine Days that I don't have a lot of information Nine on. Nine Days. Well, okay. Well, no, no, no yeah. I, I mean, that my new show is what I live for. So thanks for sharing that. That that is really interesting. And Tom, I sorry, Tom. I have to give you the last band just because. Oh, it's of course. So sorry, I didn't even realize there there's was another more. band. Wow. The last band build for this uh, festival was Vertical Horizon. That is again gonna have to plead the fifth on that one. They were like a boy band from the '90s that shared the bill with Metallica. I can't. I just couldn't even believe it. <laughs> so, uh, final question. Yes. Is uh, non-Metallica related? Okay. If you were to do a podcast like myself about a band that you love, what would you cover? So, I think I said Tom Waits or Bjork last time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I still would, although I think there are fantastic podcasters doing great work. Um, I'm not musical enough. You know, I think it's, it'll be clear from this episode. I'm more of like a storyteller. Sure. Um, so uh, I would love to do. Um, I would honestly love to do a podcast about like uh, the stories behind songs like one hit wonders or sure, bands sure. that became famous for one tune that misrepresented the rest of their catalog maybe maybe you can do a tonic podcast maybe that i would i would love to do a a podcast about tonic guster nine days (laughs) salt and vertical horizon just to reunite the chicago motor speedway rock (laughs) fest that would be great i mean yeah yeah, i've 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 often wanted to do a podcast about a festival uh woodstock 69 like i'd like to review every single set but it was one of those ones where I had the idea a few years ago and Googled it and some guy's done it and he's like halfway through it. Apparently it's really good. So I'll have to check it out. I mean, it's, you know, natural. I think it? when I last recorded a show with you, I had done the unbelievable, I had I'd taken on the unbelievable task of doing a Billy Joel theme podcast, doing a, a, a parody version of We Did Start the Fire for every week of the year 2020. <sighs> And we got through about May, and it was like we can't do this anymore. That is this is long, just too dark. That is that. How many? Weeks well, like what a year about? to pick, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you started exactly. to do it as sort of an exercise in absurdity, you know? Oh my god, um, it would have got absurd very fast. So you it have did. To, yeah. It did, and then you know, you know what happened in twenty twenty. So yeah, it just well, got yeah. really dark and uh, rhyming, you know, hydroxychloroquine with stuff. It just got a little bit. <laughs> Fauci is hard to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we did it though. We did it for a while. <laughs> so uh, I guess finally. Um, you know, yourself and your work and any podcast you're on and that sort of stuff. How do people find you? Oh yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> we are part of, or I am part of a, a monthly variety show about wordplay and language. And we touch on music and rock and roll and hip hop and mm-hmm. all kinds of things musical. Uh, 
and it's called Vocabulary, and it's a live show that happens in New York City once a month on the second Friday of every month at a venue in the Lower East Side. Uh, but we're also on TikTok, and uh, we've been having some videos do very well on TikTok. So you can find us at Vocabulary on TikTok and see clips of our show um, where we talk about language, linguistics, and have fun with words. Um, uh, the same way that James Hetfield likes to do with words that end in Asian. <laughs> yes, well, I, you know, I, I concur, and I want to urge you as well to check out uh, the Punnet episodes that Jersey's been on, and also our episode on puns that we previewed quite extensively at the start of this episode, but it was a really we good did. episode. And um, this, this has been great, man. This has been, as always, a lot of fun to catch up and to chat Metallica, and I want to just uh, remind everyone to get in touch with me, metallicapod.gmail.com, if you want to talk about Kirk on portals. I mean, maybe they might have already been taken by this time because I've asked a few times now. But yeah, if you want to do blacklist or whatever, if you want to get in touch, basically, I'll put your name down and then we'll, we'll, uh, I was going to say we'll hook up, but we will hook up, you know, digitally and we'll discuss Metallica and whatever else. Jersey, thanks again, my guy. This has been great. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure.